lucha-masks.com in partnership with Mass Republic give you personal protective masks to keep you lucha strong in the fight versus COVID-19. With world-class luchadors Blue Demon Jr., the Lucha Brothers, LA Park, Ultimo Dragon, Kane Velasquez, Conan, and so much more. Head to lucha-masks.com and you too can become a masked warrior. Lucha-masks.com, powered by Pro Wrestling Revolution. You are listening to the Lucha Central Podcast Network. And now, LuchaCentral.com presents The Business of the Business. Hey everyone, and welcome to another edition of Business of the Business, the only podcast dedicated to taking you inside how your favorite officially licensed merchandise gets made with a special nod to the world of Lucha Libre and pro wrestling. I'm Kevin Kleinrock, president of Masked Republic, and I am excited this week because not only do we have one of my favorite collaborators for Masked Republic on the show, but uh, whether we had ever worked with him or not, an artist that I've truly come to love his work as a fan. Uh, so I'm very excited to talk to Jesse Hernandez, who's better known as Urban Aztec in the art world this week. Um, and we're going to get to look at two really interesting sides of the coin because he represents at times both sides of officially licensed product. He has his original creations and characters and art designs that he makes that then get licensed onto official products of his own, uh, vinyl figures, t-shirts, apparel, posters, but then also he is hired to do officially licensed products for everyone from Master Public to World Wrestling Entertainment, Marvel, uh, every major Bay Area sports team, San Jose Sharks, Oakland Athletics, uh, the uh, San Francisco uh, Giants. So I'm really looking forward to this one and we're going to get into it right now. With me right now, I am I'm very excited. Uh, it is similar i guess a little bit to when i when i spoke with jeff everett uh there are artists that we work with uh often and artists that i'm a fan of um but we never actually get to sit down and talk about you know how the how the magic happens and and uh about their careers and the amazing things that they do because we're always so busy uh either with uh, our projects or with our lives and so i'm really looking forward to uh, sitting down for the next hour or so and talking with Urban Aztec, Jesse Hernandez. Jesse, thank you for uh, joining me today. Yo, thanks for having me, brother, man. It's always good to chop it up with you. And uh, yeah, I always look forward to seeing what Big Kev's up to. <laughs> uh, you know, I was thinking, I was trying to remember how we first connected. And I think I have to thank Scrape Resin for this one. I think that we... But maybe before the very first La Buya, uh Antonio Palau's uh, event, I was talking yeah. with him and looking for uh, artists that, uh, you know, potentially wanted to do some Lucha Libre related art. And I think that's how we first hooked up, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's how it went down. Because um, we had other connections after we first started talking, but I'm pretty sure it was Scrape Resin that linked it from the beginning. Yes. Yeah, um, so so first, shout out. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Scraped Resin, uh, an amazing uh, uh, toy maker out of the Sacramento area. And uh, so thank you for uh, what has now been a wonderful a number of years working with uh, with Jesse and 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 uh, but let's let's take a step back because one of the things that I absolutely love about having nothing to do with us working together, but your art in general, is that there are certainly artists who have an absolute signature style where you look at a piece of art and you go, oh, I know that artist and. <laughs> You and the urban Aztec style is a million percent uh, one of those just iconic. The art goes with the artist. And so walk walk us through, especially for those that might not be familiar, how you came to be urban Aztec and how you developed or decided to kind of make this signature style your calling card. Oh man, that sounds like a long question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, so I guess my style um, has always been reflective of like cultural roots of uh, like of myself. How do you say this? I'm all like messed up. Sorry. Um, so it's about like my my own ancestry, cultural roots, being Mexican and Native American, um, and a few other things mixed in there as well. But so it's always kind of like uh bringing up some of that flavor in it and like um the ancient culture but then also mixed with like the like vibrant colors and stuff with say like uh graffiti pieces things like that um and some like animation mixed into that as well there's there's so many different things like fusing into it but they're all have that um cultural uh steez in it right so they're all like you know each piece has a throwback to say like uh, Quetzalcoatl, the feathered serpent, you know, um, it's almost like a, a small history lesson within each piece. And so there's like, um, a lot of that always going on. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I mean, trying to like infuse that into to each piece. And when, when you're working with say other, um, people's designs and stuff like that as well, like other, other characters and, and how do you, um, put yourself in there and then also respect what they have before and, and kind of like the process infusing those. I don't know if I jumped ahead into another question now, but um, <laughs> it's just rambling on. And, uh, but yeah, so I, I mean, I think that's always a, a big part of it as well is um, how you, you treat those things. Um, and but yeah, I don't know. I think I, I battled enough about that one. What's next? <laughs> <bro>? <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, yeah. So, I mean, where right now, you know, when I was first introduced to you, um, I learned about your murals that are all over the, the Bay Area, uh, you know, yeah. big pieces. And obviously, you know, to me, that kind of the urban asset, even if we see your work on a T-shirt or a hat uh, or a poster, you know, it, it lends itself to these ginormous, you know, uh, building wide pieces. Uh, <laughs> yeah, was, yeah. was the... Was the mural aspect the first part and then came kind of smaller versions of it? Or is, are the murals just larger extrapolations from earlier pieces you had done? I guess it's all kind of concurrent, right? So, like, um, you know, I mean, I've always been drawing characters, doing things like that, right? And then I think the murals are the most um, 
like super big, vibrant public pieces of the, the different characters. And then a lot of those same characters will be toys, for example, also the like, um, you know, uh, say the Miklan uh, character, Miklan Tekuli, like is the Aztec God of the Dead. Um, and I've painted that character a bunch of times, but also done it as a vinyl figure um, back in 2010, I think was the first time. And so then, or probably around the same time I was painting that character. Um, and then, you know, since then have, have put him into murals all over the Bay Area. And, um, you know, I think the style for me developed probably back in 2005, I think was probably the closest remnant of what we're seeing now. Because um, you're always evolving as an artist, right? And, um, you know, the stuff, the way I used to draw, I'm sure is completely different than now. The way I paint has evolved. Everything is always, you know, you're, you're always learning. Um, but I think 2005 was like, um, I th when I did the uh, a custom vinyl piece that really kind of became the signature and then I kept repeating it. Um, so like before I started doing toys and things, um, you know, I started out collecting. And then back at that time, if you started doing custom pieces, you basically had to sacrifice one and paint over it, you know? So right. they didn't have blanks at the time um, in, you know, the early 2000s. And so you really had to kind of like, um, you know, I think for me also, like I knew if, well, if I painted one and sold one, I could buy more. So, you know, it was always kind of a, a, a barter system that was going on. And, um, but so I started doing the customs and then after a while, without really even noticing, I think it was pointed out to me from someone else that I often use the same color schemes. You know, like they're like, dude, that's like your OG color scheme, right? The red and gold and black um, with some yellow and a little hit of blue or something like, oh shit, you're right. <laughs> I hadn't really even paid attention. I just kept using the same color scheme because it was something I was attracted to. Um, and then um, with the, the toys and stuff too, then, once you do a piece, you start doing um, other like color variants with uh, with the vinyl. So then I started doing um, like the the shadow colorway, which is like uh, silver, black, white, uh, jungle, which is black, green, yellow. Um, and then ironically, all those color schemes also kind of match a Bay Area team um, in color schemes. So like the jungle is like the A's colors, um, shadow is like the Raiders, um, and even the OG, I guess, closest would be the Niners with the red and gold. Um, and but yeah, so it was a trip, like how that kind of played out as well, too. Um, but so I think I said 2005, right? Sorry. Um, so I was part of the Kid Robot Money custom show. And for that one, I did a Aztec um, Jaguar Warrior that was part of that custom show back in 2005. And I thought that one really was the first like capture of this style. Because um, I had always been doing stuff that was related to my culture, whether it was Native American or Aztec. Um, you know, Chicano style stuff. But um, I feel like that was the, the one that was the closest to um, what we're seeing now. Like that was the beginning of it. And I think, you know, what's really interesting, this is still a, a relatively young podcast, but what you kind of bring to the, the show that we haven't had a guest on yet is that you're an artist who has really two sides to the, the commerce and the licensing side of it, which is, you know, what we focus on here on the podcast, which is, you know, not only have you created um, these characters and this IP that you now are, you know, creating the vinyl figures of and the, the posters um, 
hacks, et cetera. So you're licensing out your own IP, but then you also have the side where you are being brought on to projects and uh, in commissions to do work and create other pieces in your style. For example, uh, you know, not to yes. jump to the end of the story uh, as where we're at now, but you know, the, the sideshow uh, pieces that you're doing right now that are officially licensed Marvel, but they're done in this uh, urban Aztec Lucha Libre style where you've got this Iron Man piece and you've got this uh, Wolverine piece. Um, and so I, you know, we'll, we'll rewind a little bit and, and go back. Yeah, but no really, what was that? Uh, I see. Yeah, yeah. No worries. We're going to cut the first part anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I just, I think that there's, there's some really fascinating, uh, you know, you, you see, you live both sides of the coin. Um, and I'm yeah. sure that that gives you a little bit of insight into how to also, you know, negotiate and be uh, part of both sides of, of that coin. Um, so I guess let, let's, let's take a step back. Um, okay. Cause there, there, there are so many, so many topics to talk about. Um, but I guess, yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about the 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 explosion of the vinyl toy uh, world and really, I guess, one of one of the ways that you started to be known um, outside of you know, the, the mural uh, landscape here in, in the Bay Area. But so, yeah, when you're doing a vinyl toy and it's based on your original IP and character. Um, and it's not just, you know, your version of painting a dunny or, or something like that. What is, what is that process like when you are starting to work with, uh, you know, the kid robots, the other companies of the world, where, how much of that is a hundred percent, whatever you as the artist wants to do, how much of that is kind of dictated by, uh, parameters, whether it's uh, number of colors or anything else that, that you have to kind of compromise on when creating these pieces got you um so i guess it also depends who came to who with with the the idea um if they came to you it might they might have some ideas what they want to see versus you're like hey here's this design that i have and uh what do you guys think and if they like it they're like yeah just let's do it you know um so there's that already so if you come to the uh if you show up to the party with your own design already you're kind of ahead of the game and you might, there might be no pushback whatsoever. Um, whereas then if, if they're saying, you know, Hey, you know, let's, let's do this. Um, what do you think you would do? And so you start working on it and then you're kind of trying to hit that, you know, um, that mark, but it, it, it all kind of depends. Um, and then also whether, um, you know, like when you're first starting out as well too, just on a, on another tip, like just getting that first one is the hardest part, you know, um, so I remember when I was trying to get deals um, with different companies and stuff. I mean, uh, most people were cool, you know, like, ah, you know, maybe not right now, whatever this and that. But it was all about um, getting the first one and proving that they could like invest in you or whatever. You know, like if, if they were to make a toy with you, they would sell, you know, uh, something like that. And so I think that's the hardest part is people want a proven product before you've done it a lot of times. And so once you've actually proved it, then you're good to go for anything. Um, but yeah, just getting that first one is so tough. Um, I remember um, walking around Comic-Con, I think, you know, way back when in the early 2000s, just showing people my portfolios and stuff before I had got one. Um, was it, uh, I don't know if I should call him out personally, but, um, you know, 
some people were like, oh yeah, thanks, man. You know, just like gave me the book back, didn't care what was in there at all. You know, like, I'm like, oh wow, okay. Yes, we'll never work together uh, in the future. But um, toy to our, <clears throat> um, but uh, yeah, we never did work together. But anyways, um, <laughs> uh, but so the first piece that I did work um, on was with uh, Kaching Brands, which later became MindStyle. And so for that one was the uh, the Fooly Cooly uh, Canty Robot. And so that one was like a limited edition of 100 where you're basically, you know, putting your style on it. Um, and then, you know, from there you get, there was other things that happened um, with Kid Robot and a bunch of other stuff. But then, I, you know, and that's more doing your piece on top of another piece. So then going through with your own full original, like 100% from the, you know, sketch to the sculpt to everything. Um, is an entirely different process. And um, that one is a trip too. And that's like, you know, most people don't, like if you try to do it by yourself, most people are not going to tell you how to do that. You know, like that's like, you know, hey man, who do you uh, make this toy with? Or what factory yeah. work? Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not telling you any of that. And, um, and, you know, with good reason, I guess, you know, they're not trying to give up their, you know, sources or gum up their, you know, their production lines or whatever it is. Um, and, and I've seen it both ways where I've told people too much and, and, you know, where people didn't tell me anything. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to tell everybody, you know, it'll be fine, you know? And then I've had it backfire on me, you know, where then all of a sudden I couldn't get a toy made, you know, like, oh, what was I thinking? Oh, that's why people were so protective or something. I don't know. But um, yeah, so then I guess on the process of, of creating your piece, um, yeah, I mean, generally, like, I think I answered that like an hour ago in this talk, but, <laughs> um, you know, the, the pushback's a lot less on your own design. Um, but then whether you are, like, uh, trying to fund it yourself or to get it um, done with another company is a whole other thing, whether you're licensing that, um, which in, in that case, it kind of becomes like a royalty situation um, where it's like, all right, you guys do the whole production and I'll take my piece of it and you know, either, you know, get cashed out or get, you know, product and do whatever. Um, and then otherwise you could just do it yourself a hundred percent, which, you know, some people, I mean, Kickstarter didn't exist back then. So this was a whole sure. other yeah. time, you know, nowadays, I mean, and there was no 3d back then really either. This was all hand sculpts. Sure. So like, um, I think until the last three or four pieces that I, um, that I put out, they were all hand sculpted in China. Um, and so, which was a whole, um, other process. And I, I do personally know how to sculpt. Um, I sculpted in wax at a uh, production house called Images in Motion back in the day, um, for, uh, they did a lot of stuff with, um, shots out, Cam Lee, what up? And, um, but so we did, uh, some like toy prototyping, uh, bobbleheads. Um, there were some really sick sculptures that came out of there. I was fully a novice, but... Um, they taught me how to, to sculpt in wax there, and it was awesome. It, it came really natural, which was weird, and I didn't expect it. Um, but at the same time, uh, so nowadays, I don't sculpt very much at all. Um, so I figured let the uh, professionals handle it, you know, and I'll just kind of art direct it. You know? <laughs> um, it but good. it does help you have that, that 3D kind of sense of space to be able to work with it at times, too. Um, and... I don't know. I don't know if I spun that question out of control. No, no, that that was no, that was good. Well, and that, that actually it leads me to my next question. So, 
you know, we we are now dipping our toe finally. Uh, right now we're dipping our toe. Six months from now, we'll be deep into uh, the world of action figures and collectibles um, because of our new deal with, with Boss Fight Studio. Uh, and it is a... It is a so sick, dog. Dude. They're so sick. Uh, oh no, it, it, yeah, I, I mean, I talked about it on the podcast with Eric, uh, the uh, kind of lead designer uh, and and one of the, the co-owners of the company. You know, they yeah. a, a year and a half ago when uh, our agent Pamela from uh, Firefly came back from Toy Fair and she's like, I talked to this company, Boss Fight Studio. They want to do toys. I was like, I've never heard of them, but if they want to do toys, let's, you know, let's, let's look into them. Let's talk. And, you know, when I discovered they all came out of Hasbro. And it was, uh, you know, it was very much kind of like the story of Super 7, which is nobody was making the cool stuff that Super 7 wanted to make. So they started making cool stuff. And, you know, for, for the guys in Hasbro, it was like they weren't able to do like, you know, being part of Hasbro and being part of a you know mass toy company. There are certain rules you got to follow, certain brands you got to, you know, stay on on track with. And and they were like, we want to do more detailed stuff and, and these types of products. And so uh it no it's been it's been great um you know covid backed us up a little bit but there's so much <laughs> there's true. so much cool stuff coming but even without covid from concept to completion we're talking 12 to 18 months for a figure uh yeah. so what i wanted to talk to you about was you know in terms of like the vinyl figures and the collectibles that, that you've created what is that what is that typical timeline from the time you first put pen to the paper to kind of sketch it out to where it's being sold uh you know on on sites and you know in collector shops so normally the timeline i would say is about a year um it's been longer in times but where there you know there's been snags in production and whatever else um i don't think it's been two years ever but you know somewhere in between a year and two years was the longest um the fastest was maybe oh man uh maybe like six months something like that wow. um and but in those were ones that was like hey you know um we can you know fill this slot right here if you can get it designed to us like tomorrow you know like yeah <laughs> that, that sort of thing and, and you know okay on it pretty quickly um yeah. and, and then you know everything is rushed the whole way through all the the whole process um and yeah i think those might have been like six months um but yeah in general the toy stuff is about a year um and and it's funny too how that's changed where like in the past you would put out a design that you're working on kind of showing the whole process here's you know um you know the sculpt here's the you know and people will get excited about it you know like just hyping it up for the future where i feel like today with amazon and the immediacy of everything people don't have patience anymore. And they're like, the moment they see it, like, give it to me now or don't ever give it to me. You know, like, <laughs> which is super funny, right? Like, they're like oh, there's the toy. Where can I buy it? I want yeah. it right now. Why isn't I, it available? You know, <laughs> like, so you're like, dude, do I wait until it's finally done before I even talk about it? Or, you know, how's this work? You know, but so yeah, it's kind of an interesting time right now. Um, yeah, and, I think, <laughs> okay, we, we've, we've seen that, you know, on the boss fight figures because, yeah, Last Seriously, year, why don't I have that already? What's going right? on? <laughs> last, <laughs> last summer at Expo Lucha, we showed yeah. off the uh, the first. It was really the first, um, just kind of three D prototype, uh, print prototype of Phoenix. Um, and then even then, we were telling people they wouldn't be out for literally a year. Uh, and we were showing kind of some some things along the way. Um, 
you know, and then like I said, COVID kind of backed us up. And then now we finally got the first um, actual unpainted uh, factory samples from the molds. And we're, we're showing those off and people are, people are, are uh, excited. Uh, but yeah, same thing. It's like, it, it's, it's a long process and you have to kind of weigh, you know, we've got, we've got a group of people that are like, why isn't wave two on sale right now? Why, why can't we pre-order <laughs> wave two? But at the same time, we've got all this other group of people that are like, where's my product? You know, where's the wave one? So I, 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 I totally understand that, uh, that struggle and being, I mean, I'm a huge fan of the process and seeing the process yeah. and getting to kind of see those, those bits and pieces along the way. But I do think you're right that, um, you know, especially in the day of order something on Amazon and it shows up. Not even necessarily like it, you, like Amazon used to be two days. There are literally things that we order that show up the same night now like, without even trying. I don't remember what we ordered last. We ordered something last week off of Amazon and it was like on our doorstep like four hours. And it wasn't even like an Amazon Prime Now thing. We just literally ordered it and it was on our doorstep within like four or five hours. And we're like, how did that? How is it even possible? So I totally, uh, I, I definitely get that. When, um, when it comes to the kind of approvals process on your own stuff, um, how, do you find that it's relatively easy for the most part? Um, do you find that as you kind of have to go through and, and, and approve your own pieces that whether it's a vinyl toy or, or a print or anything um, that you're licensing, uh, that, it, that it's relatively, uh, you know, a, a simple process? Or do you find yourself being like, oh, I, I see now why I have to go through all this rigorous stuff when I'm working with, you know, Marvel or whoever else, because this is, this is you know, this isn't right. And I want to make sure that this gets, you know, fixed to be the right angle, the right color, the right whatever. Yeah. So, okay. So there's, I mean... There's a lot of facets to all the different mediums, right? So like right. each like different one that I'm working in kind of has its own stuff. So like the harder ones to work on generally are say the sports ones. All right. So like um and anything Disney, of course, is is super tough. Um, but so yeah, like if we want to go like so um you know, I say like, you know, like within rock posters, within toys, within like clothing um and you know all the different stuff but so like, like with the sports teams they have a specific guideline of everything they're looking for um so say for example when i worked with um okay well there's let's give a few examples so when i worked with the sharks that was fairly quick like it happened like that and that was a whole interesting story in itself where it was like at the time i was like man do I still need a website? Is social media enough? You know, like I was thinking this in my head and then all of a sudden I got a cold email from nowhere. They said, Hey, do you want to work with the sharks? And I'm like, yeah, let's go. And it was like, <laughs> I, you know, I answered the email and talked to them on the phone right after that. And they were like, Oh no, no, we're, we're old school. We don't even look at social media. I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. All right. Glad that answered that question. And, um, <laughs> and then. So real quick, just for, was, for those, for those listening who aren't, familiar because they're either not bay area or hockey people uh we're talking about the san jose sharks in the national hockey league uh that jesse uh, did a exclusive jersey for uh in his style for uh hispanic heritage night uh yeah. super super dope um jersey so back to the Sorry story if I, if I abbreviate way too much thank you for explaining that um 
<laughs> that was uh yeah sorry and um but so working with uh with you know different professional teams and things like that they they normally want a specific um specific colors like you can't do this with their logo you can't change this you can't change that um the sharks one was actually pretty quick and and it went from like working on it to like getting it approved really fast um which was awesome and so they were you know super easy to work with and it was um through a uh for with them that was through a creative agency that actually like hired me that you know, I had never met them before either, but so it was, they were super cool to work with, um, the division of labor, what up, shouts out. Um, and then, um, say then from the sharks thing that led to a lot of other, um, different sports things. So then I did, um, some, uh, native American heritage night first for the Oakland A's and then, um, Hispanic heritage night, or actually, sorry, it was Mexican heritage night, like straight up. They already had like a, you know, Latino night. Um, but so the, the native one was the first one. And with that one, I remixed their, um, the A and S logo, um, which they don't let anyone do that. And they tried to shut it down the whole time. Like it wow. took so much fighting to get that design approved. And it was crazy, man. Cause then once it finally did get approved, they were like, dude, this is the sickest shirt we've seen in like forever. <laughs> this design's crazy. How, like, oh my God, so rad. Everyone wants one. And I was like, yeah, I mean, that was the point, you know, like we're trying to improve your brand, not like, you know, it's not like we're trying to do anything against you. We're only trying to help you, you know, like that's, you know, the general um, thing I'm trying to do is make, you know, cool stuff for both of us, you know, so, um, and so that was a trip, man. So yeah, that was like, I put a, um, you know, like, how do you represent like every native tribe in there, which is you know, over, you know, 500 tribes. And so it was tough, but so I, I used a, uh, the Northwestern style. Um, which is a more abstracted shapes that like, so it worked super cool. So you would automatically know that it was, you know, native when you've seen it, um, you know, more like, uh, the Tlingit and, um, uh, the other tribes from, um, up North. And, uh, but so any which way, like doing that, anyone, it was such a trip. Like, so I think they were like, yeah, this is cool, except for you can't use our logo. You know, <laughs> like, what do you mean? And so I finally like had it, um, like told the guy, like, look, one more like just ask your boss one more time and see if they'll approve it and um they finally were like okay yeah they said cool let's do it and then yeah so that was that one um and then say with like rock posters um the different each band's kind of different um with what they're expecting and what you know in general they just want to see you know your style if you're already there um you know like they, they kind of have an idea what to expect from you. Um, they'll need certain things like the, how is the venue shouted out? What day is it? You know, um, you know, depending who's making the posters and stuff too. Um, that's always a little bit different. And we're going to be back in just a moment with more with Urban Aztec Jesse Hernandez as we get into the resurgence of the rock poster scene. Plus, we talk about Urban Aztec's collaborations with Mass Republic, working on remixing the masks of some of the most legendary luchadors, and his work with the WWE to release dozens of officially licensed shirts into foot action, all that and much more. But right now, we're going to take you over to Lucha Central Central with Denise Salcedo, who's going to tell you all about the other great programs this week on the Lucha Central Podcast Network. 
Hey everyone, it's Denise Salcedo here in Lucha Central Central with a reminder of where and when to catch all of the great network content this week. Monday, Business of the Business returns as Master Public President Kevin Kleinrock welcomes artist Jesse Hernandez, better known to many as Urban Aztec, to the show. The two will talk about both sides of Jesse's works in the licensing game, creating original designs for prints, toys, and apparel, and working with everyone from Bay Area sports teams and Marvel to Master Public and the WWE, merging his signature style with some of the biggest properties on the planet. On Tuesday on Mass Mats and Mayhem, the crew takes aim at an AEW star they are throwing up on the wall of shame for what they say is stealing from a former Lucha Underground star. Then they even take aim at Lucha Underground itself, calling Season 1, Episode 15, trash, and debate the Hano's use of the TV series, plus lots more. Check out the premiere video stream Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, on the Lucha Central YouTube channel and at luchacentral.com. Then listen to it on your favorite podcast platform every Wednesday. This Tuesday night, live on WrestleBossLive.com, Fabi Chulo is back to talk pro wrestling and MMA. Coming off a huge victory at the Fight to Win Grappling Tournament, John Thomas joins the show to talk about how wrestling has helped his jiu-jitsu game, and then luchador Steve Payne will join the show to talk about his experiences in SoCal, AAA, Lucha Underground, and more. Visit WrestleBossLive.com Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific to listen live or call in with questions or download the show on podcast platforms on Wednesdays. Wednesday nights live on Facebook, it's Spanish show La Mesa de los Margaros, giving you both the news and the chisme from around the lucha world. Special guests and a whole lot of fun make it one of the most talked about shows in Mexico. This week, things get a little extreme as Lunatics Extreme grabs a seat at the table and the crew talk Lucha Extrema in Mexico. Plus, you never know who else may stop by unannounced. Thursdays, it's straight out of the bodega with Papo Esco and PWR promoter Gabriel Ramirez. This week, two of the PWR Training Academy's top prospects, Charisma and Gavilan, pull up to the spot to talk about learning the Lucha Libre style, how the pandemic has led to distance learning even for pro wrestlers, and getting things back and running at the academy. The life of a Lucha Libre trainee is not often explored and even I'm really looking forward to this one. On Friday, it's your double dose of Lucha Central Weekly podcast, one in English y el otro en Español. Lucha Central Weekly is where you'll find all the top stories of the week, both inside and out of the ring from Mexico and anywhere luchadores are in action across the globe. This week, both shows update you on the upcoming CMLL iPay-Per-View and their big annual Aniversario event, along with a look at this coming weekend's WWE NXT TakeOver and SummerSlam events, which includes the in-ring debut of El Principe Misterio, Dominic. Plus, on Lucha Central Weekly in English, AAA Superestrella Mr. Iguana gives his first English interview. Be sure to subscribe and follow all your favorite Lucha Central Network series on your favorite podcast platforms. And please be sure to give a rating and review to help more fans find the shows that you love. For now, this is Denise Salcedo signing off from Lucha Central Central. Have a great week, everyone. 
let's let's take a second. Let's talk about the rock poster thing because I okay. feel like that's man, that is something that really came back around us. Because when when I was when I was uh, probably like my senior year of high school, or first few years of college, so like mid nineties, I was buying so much rock rock poster art. Like literally, like right here, I've got I've got. Bad Religion, Offspring, No Effects, just all this, all this great, you know, by, yeah, by yeah. artists that were, you know, I was going to like the the record store that had the posters, and 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 I was buying a few uh, on a regular basis from a few artists that I really like, and then I feel like that kind of died off, and there wasn't really this big scene of kind of collectible uh, posters, and even even back then, yeah. it was like one person who was doing the whole tour and they were just they were just changing out the dates and now it feels like um there's a whole new resurgence of trying to come up with these collectible posters you know i had i had jeff everett rockets are red on we talked about it because he does a lot of uh, a lot of it as well um yeah. you know a number of times a year so it, it, am i was i just out of the loop or was it something that kind of came out of nowhere you know uh maybe the last five years and now there's this whole movement for a collectible poster for every stop on a, on a rock tour. Well, I think, um, yeah, there was, there was, it's, I think it's always been happening there, but there was probably less people involved. Um, I think at that time, um, but I mean, you know, like say like in the, the sixties and everything, you know, in San Francisco, the, you know, hate Ashbury, all that, like sure. the whole yep. poster scene there is crazy. And so a lot of those posters are super valuable. Um, and I feel like a, a lot of it came from there. And, um, but then, I mean, yeah, like the poster scene, like say, uh, uh Frank Kozik, uh, Jermaine Rogers, um, you know, them homies, like we're, we're, we're killing it back in the day, like, uh, nineties and, and whatever else. Right. With uh, a bunch of different, yeah. bands. um, but yeah, like, I don't know. It seems like, uh, it got curated more recently to bring in more artists and more illustrators so that there's a lot more flavor into it. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I, I think it's probably within the curation of the of the different poster series that they're definitely opening it up to more more artists, you know. Um, and also, it could be through social media too, right? Like where more people um, have access to that stuff as well. They, they, if you weren't in that poster scene as much, maybe you see it more now. You know, thanks, internet, awesome. But um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like we're all more connected in so many different ways now. Um, you know, or like dudes that I know that are, are painters or, or whatever it happens to be, you know, they'll get the call to do like a Metallica poster or something. And you'd be like, dude, what? You know, and um, you know, just kill it, and and that becomes their new thing. You know, like all right, I do posters all the time now. Um, you know, including myself. You know, um, just getting uh, you know, trying to figure out how you even get involved in that scene. You know, um. And um, the homies, uh, Zombie Yeti and, and Zoltron were the ones that kind of brought me into the whole thing. And um, so, yeah, big ups to them, man. Much respect. And so, like, with the Primus uh, tour, that was, um, they connected me with that. And so that was the first poster I did was the, the old school, like, um, Willy Wonka Chocolate Factory poster. Um, so everyone had to do something themed on that. So, like, man, how do you do an Aztec um <laughs> Willy Wonka. So I did this crazy like Oompa Loompa headdress that said Primus, you know. And, but yeah, but it just even had like how do you fuse these two things, man? Like that's kind of crazy. Um but yeah, so it's always a trip, like how that works, you know. <laughs> um so one of the things that I've noticed from your poster work and some of the other things that you've been able to do is a lot of times it seems like 
you're creating an original piece of art that is then placed on these posters. Uh, but then you're able to use that original piece in other uh, mediums, whether it's on a T-shirt or on a hat. Like you can't use the Primus name, obviously, right. but you're you're able to take the original part that you you created for it and then use that on other on other official products. Um, yeah, it, it seems uh, like a really good use of time, right? It seems like yeah, you're yeah. able to uh, come up with stuff and then and then. Uh, you know, ex I hate the word exploit because it sounds so negative, but exploit yeah, it I mean, in, like, uh, in other media. Whatever art you create. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, go ahead. Oh, sorry, we were breaking up for a minute there, brother. I don't know if we're good. Um, I think we're, we're yeah, yeah, we're good. Again, I, I, was, I was just saying, it's, it, seems like a, it seems like a good uh, a good use of time and a good deal to be able to, uh, you know, create some of these official posters, but then still be able to, uh, you know, exploit your own art then uh, in other mediums after that as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, with, with most of those deals, whatever art you make is yours. Like, it's your your creation. It's your license. You just can't reprint it with the band's name. Like, that's theirs. You know, like, this is art. You know, sure. that's their property. This is yours. And just, you know, they, it mixes for that one piece. But then after that, you can do whatever you want with it. Just don't, yeah, like you're saying, don't have the logo on it. And, yeah, it makes for a good uh, multitasking, you know. So, you know, the, the, like, even... Um, so speak, like when you were talking about the um, the Wolverine uh, Luchador piece, that came from a rock poster, right? Um, originally, so I did that for a Pussifer poster back in 2015. Which ironically, I was doing that design for myself, and then I was like, "All right, well, I'll just pitch it with these other designs." And then, of course, they chose that one that I was keeping for myself. I'm like, "God damn it! All right, I guess it's now part of this poster. Fine. All right." And um, yeah, so then doing that that design. You know, I was just trying to create a, uh, I'm like, you know, how can you mix, um, you know, uh, Wolverine with a luchador? And so I started, you know, working on it. And I can also, you know, make it Day of the Dead. So he's like an undead, you know, skeletal warrior. Um, and then I realized, I'm like, dude, Mysterio's mask fits Wolverine so sick, you know? And like, I'm going to flare out the, the Eagle Warrior parts and, you know, then drop these other symbols in and um, just kind of like kept building off that. And, and create, you know, you're basically making something new by mixing all of those in between. Like getting, yeah. uh, you know, your voice within the Wolverine, within, you know, all the Lucha Libre and, and trying to like create this, you know, new new version of it. Um, and then having that become an actual piece licensed by Marvel was insane, bro. Like, I still can't believe it. Like, that's, you know, um, I, I, when I, um, I actually started with the Iron Man piece, the Iron Mayan. And so that one, um, I did the whole bust and, and was planning to do it with um, another company. And then they kind of backed out of the deal because um, they thought it was too expensive, whatever it was. And it was going to be a bootleg at the time. You're like, just, all right, yeah, here's this thing you did. It's not specifically Iron Man. It's, you know, something else. And yeah. um, then I pitched it to, um, to another company and they were like, dude, we don't want to deal with the... Uh, the Marvel like uh, approval process is going to be too tough. We don't even want to mess with it. So I said, oh, okay, cool, no worries. Um, and then I ended up um, showing it to a, a friend that worked at um, Sideshow Collectibles, Dave Igo. What's up, Igo? I see you, brother. Um, and um, you know, and, he, and we were just you know like homies. We have been homies for a while, and I had never even thought of like mixing business with friendship or anything like that at the time. And I was like, dude, hey, you think that you guys would be interested in this design? He's like, yeah, let me um. 
let me let me see what the company thinks real quick. And I show them the designs. They're like, dude, they love them. They love your stuff. They want to make it. I'm like, what? Nice. Hell yeah, let's go. You know, and just kind of, you know, through asking one time, it all became, a, it started happening. They're like, they're actually working on this vinyl thing. And um, yeah, dude, they'd love to have you in the line. Let's roll, you know? And um, that's where that came from. And then... Um, so, but at that time I hadn't done the full turnarounds for the Wolverine. I just, you know, pitched it as a, as a bus. Here's the front view. And, um, so then had to, you know, kind of hurry to give them the rest of it, um, and, and work on it from there. And, but yeah, dude, like getting to work with those guys is, is just like a, it's a crazy dream come true. Like when I would go to, um, San Diego comic-con, like that's the booth that I always go to. I'm like, Oh my God, what? Look at all this. This is insane. You know, like every sculpt is insane. Like every the paint jobs, everything. You know, like I literally like the the year before that happened, I was just like drooling in their booth at, at like all these insane, you know, um like dioramas of characters and life-size busts and everything. And um it's just crazy, bro. And like um now they're making a life-size bust of the Wolverine, uh the Wolverine. Insane. The one yeah, that right. looks like stone. I mean, literally, oh. like, like I, I want to get that now so that when we have the master public corporate office, that can be like in the in the lobby. Like it's that kind of a show off. Uh, uh you know, a centerpiece. Um, so but, you know, and I, I bought the um, I bought the uh, Mysterio Wolverine one. So I'm excited yeah. for when that finally. Uh, you know, speaking of COVID delays, uh, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm excited for when that. <laughs> that's exactly what that is too bro it sucks like because that was so, supposed to hit the beginning of the year and then you know bam the the covid quarantine starts hitting um in in china and, and all over and production is just halted for everybody you know um so and now i mean it's supposed to hit any minute now but we just they're like i'm sure they're hesitant to give you an exact time with yeah. everything happening now like you know, um, I imagine customs is kind of crazy as well you know so um, we 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 did um, on Lucha Central's uh, shop, Lucha Central shop, um, we did uh, this uh, Penta Zero M kit. It was a, a jersey and um, socks and some chanclas. And yeah. literally, like, we got one shipment of chanclas in on time when it was supposed to be there, like, three months ago now. And literally, the other box of chanclas has been sitting in the port for at least a month now, not delivered to our partners at Lapel. Yeah, to finish fulfilling. Like it's insane what's going on right now. But but I just want I want to rewind real quick to the um, because you had already designed the uh, Iron Mayan and the uh, Mysterio Wolverine. Uh, what was that like in terms of of approvals with Marvel? Because it, it was already done, right? You weren't. It wasn't like a commission from them to right. have you go do a comic book cover or something. Uh, what what was that process like? Having to get that approved? Were, were there any notes you got back in terms of things that could or couldn't be? So it was. Um, they were minor um, for the most part, um, but there were changes to both. Um, and so, like with with the uh, with the Wolverine, they uh, couldn't have the cross on the head. And so I switched the the Naweolin symbol, which was on the chin originally, up to the head. And mm -hmm. so, like, you know, they say we don't want to say one way or another with anyone to, you know, be, you know, you know, pro or against or, you know, whatever it happens to be. They're like, we're, that's just not part of what we're doing. So uh, we got to switch that part out. Um, and then 
kind of the same thing with the the Iron Mayan. I had a um, a, a symbol on his chest, um, which is uh, like a step pattern. It's positive, negative kind of um, symbol, and they were just kind of like, what does this mean? You know, I was trying to explain it to them and they're like, well, just, just eliminate the symbol and, and it's fine. We, we want the arc reactor to just be the light like it is on Iron Man. It's just a straight up arc reactor. Okay, cool. I get it. That's fine. Um, That's cool. And uh, but so I think that was the main one, you know, and then like within the designs, like interpreting the sculptures from the designs, there's still like, and that's mainly me who's, you know, like, hey, um, can we adjust this? Can we change that? Can we put black lines around this? Can we, you know, um, like trying to make it look how, how you want it, you know, and, um, you know, so they're, they're interpreting it and looking at it. And then you're also kind of like, as you see it, you know, calling things out and, um, you know, everyone's just trying to get it to the, the dopest look it can. Um, and, uh, but yeah, so, I mean, there wasn't a ton of pushback. Um, right. And like, <laughs> the I think the funny part is too, like, in, in a way, I think by the time it gets to them, I've already beat myself up so much with the designs, like trying to get them on point that like, you know, there's not that much that you can say because I already, you know, told myself how terrible I was, you know, the whole time I was working on it before it was finished. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> Art's kind of uh, rough, man. You know, I think you're always your own worst critic. You know? Yeah, so, uh, for sure. Well, so um Let's transition a little bit because uh, I don't want to run out of time to talk about some of the stuff that we've done together and your your you getting your foot into the world of lucha libre because um, some of the listeners are going to get upset if we don't if we don't talk some wrestling. Um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, after we met, I think the first thing that we did was the Doctor Wagner Junior poster that and T shirt. Um, where yeah. you put your urban Aztec signature style on uh, what at the time we thought was just going to be a t-shirt and a poster of Dr. Wagner's mask. Right. Well, I, I think even in the beginning, it was just kind of like, I, I don't even know if we knew what we were doing. Cause it was for that La Buya show. And it was like, well, is it just going to be a print or like, what's it, you know, like we didn't even know at the time. Yeah. And um, yeah, it just kept evolving from there. And, um, but yeah, so then, yeah, so we did the piece for that. And even, so I shared the concept just like, as it was still a sketch and it kind of blew up from there. And I was like, oh shit, wait, I guess a lot of people were tripping out on this, you know? <laughs> like, and then other luchadors are like, Hey, who's this dude? Like, what is, what's this, you know, style you got going here and what, you know? And, um, like, I think the next thing we knew, you know, Dr. Wagner was wearing the mask, you know, we're like, oh damn. All right. It's for real now. You know? Yeah. Um, I think. <laughs> that was you know so essentially for those listening that don't that don't really uh so a luchador's mask uh you know is their calling card is their signature yeah. a lot of times you know unless it's unless it's like el santo or blue demon there's a lot of variations with masks people will change up their colorways people will change up um designs sometimes they'll add like for example pentagon the penta zero m you know sometimes there'll be dragons on the side sometimes there'll be something else but there's usually not other than colors a huge yeah. variation in the look of of their mask from week to week or, or, or show to show uh but after jesse did this urban aztec uh uh dr wagner piece and we put it on a t-shirt Next thing we knew, Dr. Wagner was wearing a custom mask that he had designed based off of 
that design. And it was it, one, it's an incredible design. Um, it won my most prized. I mean, this isn't a video show, so you guys can't see it, but, but, uh, yeah, I probably I have it on, on I see it, from myself yeah. behind me. Um, it's on but my to, then, <laughs> to then see a luchador embrace what was just a drawing, essentially, uh, I mean, a very good drawing, yeah. but a drawing, uh, and go out to their mask maker and say, turn this into a real mask that I can wear in the ring was, was really cool. Um, and that led to more, but, uh, I also recall the moment where you and I saw that within, I would say, seven days, that mask was being bootlegged as heck <laughs> all over Mexico. Everywhere. Welcome Everybody, to Lucha Libre. Yes. It was, yeah, it was crazy. Um, and that's, yeah, I remember people sending me photos from uh, the Arena Mexico, like right outside. Here's the whole stack of, of the mask you design being sold right there. I was like, you got to be kidding me, dog. Like, what? <laughs> All right. Um, but I guess, you know, and that was the thing uh, that we joked about at the time as well. If if a, a Lucha Libre design you made is getting bootlegged in Mexico, you've made it in Lucha Libre. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you know, Master Public set up Legends of Lucha Libre to be this, you know, IP representation for luchadors outside of Mexico. You know, we will enforce right. copyright and trademark and we will help get officially licensed products made from the action figures, the t-shirts to whatever, uh, outside of Mexico. And, and on, on one hand, it is because the luchadors already had business in Mexico. They were already running their business in Mexico and we're here to bring added value to them, not to step on you know the business that existed in Mexico. But in addition to that, it is because, you know, uh, for better or for worse, uh, bootlegging is just, uh, you know, it's just part of Lucha Libre culture. Um, well, that, and, uh, and then for another example, right, um, uh, I worked with you on a Lucha, uh, Lucha Brothers design. And uh, so for the jacket, right? Yep. And then we, sh yep. we show up to Lucha Expo, the jacket's not there, but the Lucha Brothers are selling my damn shirt at their booth with no association to me. And I'm like, yo, what's going on, bro? Like, what just happened? I'm like, oh, it got bootlegged in Mexico, and you brought it here already. It's not even out yet, right? And and yeah, and that, <laughs> and, and we can tell the story with that real quick. In that, so there seems to be this disc, and it, yeah, so the Lucha Brothers don't design their own merchandise. They have a, right. they have a guy in Mexico that makes their designs, prints their stuff, and hands it to them to sell. And so. There, there is this philosophy, so to speak, I guess, in Mexico. Now, granted, the guy that does that also bootlegs UFC shirts and rock concert shirts and right. whatever. Uh, and so we don't, we don't do business anymore. Um, but uh, there, there's, there's this real philosophy in Mexico that's really interesting, where if the art is of somebody. They feel like they have all rights to that art. There's there's a particular wrestler who I know got into it on social media with an artist because yeah. the artist had put up a piece and that wrestler, uh, not somebody that we represent, but that wrestler took that piece and put it on T-shirts and was selling it on T-shirts. And the artist yeah. contacted the wrestler and was like, hey, you are bootlegging my piece of art. And the wrestler said, it's of me. I, I own this. You have no right to make art of me. And so it's just a really interesting, you know, dichotomy of the philosophies and the understandings of, of, you know, actual IP rights and laws and protection. Um, 
and there's, you know, there, there's a huge, really interesting difference, um, you know, between original art and photography. Like, to me, that's still a very, it's very weird that, like, if I take a picture of you, I own that picture. You don't own that picture. But I was going to bring the same thing up right now, yeah. too, because I was going to say, like, and that's always weird, too, with if someone takes a picture of one of my murals. Right. right? And they're like, oh, check out this shot I got. And I'm like, yeah, you took a picture of something I fucking painted, bro. Like, how hard is that? Like, now now you're like, I own this shit. And you're like, you're like, if someone tries to sell prints or something like that's like super extra crazy weird, bro. Like, what are you doing? Um, and you know, it's, but it's a whole other side, I guess. Right. It's trippy, you know, like, um, we're like, when, where does that line get drawn? Like you're saying too, with, with the, the bootlegging and, and with, um, that particular luchador, like, you know, is it fan art? You know, is it what, what is, how does this work? And, you know, and at the same time, you know, like as, as artists that, you know, when people take photos of you, like, yeah, they'll tag me like normally when someone else points out that, Hey, that's this dude's artwork and then they'll tag you in it, but it's got their logo all over it. And I'm like, what? right. Why is it got your logo? Like that's my stuff, but you know, I, I guess you took a picture and you feel entitled to it now. Um, but it's, it's, it's weird. Um, but and I can kind of see the wrestler's point as well as an artist, like, Hey dude, that's me. Like, why are you doing that of me? And then selling it. But then at the same time, it's kind of like, well, if this dude drew that of you, you know, um, you know, like that's dope that they did that. And then it can become this other thing, but I guess you guys should talk maybe, you know, well, before, and, you know, and the, thing, <laughs> the thing with this wrestler was it wasn't that the artist was selling it. The artist literally just made it and posted it on, right. on their Instagram or whatever. And then he took it and made a t-shirt out of it. You know, like we, and, and all the time, um, I mean, this literally just happened two weeks ago. Uh, I saw somebody did a really cool uh, piece of Penton Phoenix. So I hit them up on Instagram and I said, yeah. hey, you know, what would it cost if we officially licensed that piece? And the good thing is, um, you know, for this person, I think was uh, they're somewhere in Southeast Asia. And they were like, wow, this is cool. You know, we always ask what someone's rate is. And we said, what would be your rate to license this? They named the, the price and said, this absolutely works for us. And we licensed a piece. And two weeks later, it was up on Pro Wrestling Tees as an official shirt for Penton Phoenix. And so, you know, a lot of people don't work that way, but we really try to go out of our way to do that. Um, or we hire the artist to do, you know, something completely original, um, you know. Uh, but for um, going back to that whole story with Penton Phoenix, yeah, it's like they will that that particular t-shirt maker you know it he didn't take the actual exact print he took it and he altered it a little bit <laughs> and yeah. you know it was like dude it's Legit, still like, the piece it's still the exact piece. and honestly it happened again two more times and i finally i finally said listen guys <laughs> we absolutely cannot have this happening so you know it's not happening now um but and it yeah, was super it, tough because you know, uh, I know that the, the we were hoping the jacket would be there. We're like, oh yeah, it's gonna be great, it's gonna kill it. And then the jacket yeah. doesn't show up, but the bootleg did. I'm like, oh great, so now everybody's wearing the damn bootleg, you know? right? <laughs> or official, but I, bootleg, I, I guess it's official, I will tell you, sort of. <laughs> I will tell you that, um, so that was a jacket that we did for the Lucha Brothers brand, which was a uh, their clothing line that, that we launched kind of did a soft launch for. Um, and I hired Jesse to create the, the first real logo uh, 
yeah, both the logo, their name logo, uh, but also the first real piece that was going to go on uh, on a piece of apparel. And we did oh, some soft. And, but then it came out on AEW when they were on TV, and my man Phoenix rocked that shit for like three minutes on TV. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so I take it back because it didn't happen the way it happened at the beginning it came out way sicker and was on TV instead so it actually may have just been how it was supposed to be all along <laughs> I'll, I'll, well you know my 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 plan for that brand was really to um, you know uh, to give an actual clothing line that they were the the people behind just like you know diddy has sean john and jay-z has you know rockaware uh you know could we create a clothing line that was that was the clothing line of these two young hip super popular uh you know uh chicano icons at this point and uh you know we we did some releases and then i purposely kind of put a pin in it uh and and there might be some exciting news coming down the, the pipe about the, about that soon including the use of uh of your logo on uh on something so we'll uh yeah we're, we're gonna keep our fingers crossed and see what what happens there i'll tell you right, i'll tell you this respect bro like much respect to you like that was super dope just even to get to work on that and um i mean we we've done a few things uh also i did like the og uh you know cero miedo uh hands and stuff too for pentagon it's been everywhere that's um, one of our that's one of our best selling designs of all time. Um, and it's still coming out for new. There's a new product that's going to be out probably by October. It's going to be rocking the Cerro Miedo skeleton hands. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll keep you, I'll keep you in the loop on that as soon as that, that deal gets done too. Um, it's one of those deals where we'll make like seven cents, you know, a sale on it, but it's, it's a cool thing. So, uh, <laughs> Uh, Sometimes so, it's just about the street cred, you know. I mean, it, I'm telling you, there, there's a there's a retailer that we have been working for years to break into, and we're about to break into that retailer. So this is uh, this, yeah. this is good stuff. So, um, but going so so we do we do the Dr. Wagner Urban Aztec remix, and it's out there, and it's a real mask. And then the floodgates kind of open a little bit, right? So yeah. between. Yeah. You know, we decide to remix Juventud Guerrera. You've got uh, Guerrero Maya Jr. from CMLL contacting you about remixing his uh, his stuff yeah, for him, yeah. having nothing to do with us. Uh, you start working then, with Vincent Dorado. He won the belt right when he came out in it, too. So it's like, oh, see? Yeah, you know, you got to give me do your stuff. You win. <laughs> yeah, and then Lince Dorado had you remix his and uh, – then used, Hell you know, yeah. wore wore that mask in his WWE debut. Um, so it was it was really, and on it, you know, there are mask makers who are known for you know their masks. Uh, you know, Hayashi is associated with Rey Mysterio. Hayashi's right. been making Rey's masks for you know twenty plus years or at this point, uh, twenty five plus years uh, since ninety four. Yeah. Uh, you know, you've got you've got Bucios and and there's there's people that certain um, wrestling fans or, or mask collectors will will go, oh, that's a this, that's this person's mask, or they'll look at the stitching. But yeah, that generally does not impact the actual design of the mask. And so I think literally in the eighty plus year history of Lucha Libre, 
you're really the only artist who has ever impacted the looks of a number of luchadors based on adding your unique artistic styles to their masks. And that's pretty badass. That's crazy, bro. I, I hadn't ever thought of it like that. Um, I'm gonna need to put that on uh, my <laughs> website or something. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, no, it, it's it's been such a trip, bro. Like, and because that's always crazy too. Is is you know then you know as the artist you're like, okay, I'm not sewing the mask. So then, how do you get that produced? How do you get that made? And that's a whole. How you get a copy of it? You, you know, yeah, you know, like, uh, and you know, like it was such a trip, man. The the whole thing, and so my first uh lucha luchador mask i made was based off of um a kid robot uh toy i did called the red demon right and so i did a dunny of that and so when i went to mexico to do a art show um i was like hey can you guys make uh luchador masks and they're like yeah you want to do <laughs> why and i'm like no we do i want to make one like that would be amazing you know i think like even when i went to mexico one of the first things i did well, first, first thing first, I went to see the temples, which was like the most uh, amazing thing ever. You know, like it just, you know, stuff that you felt like straight in your soul, bro. Like um, the raw energy of being there was just such a trip to me, man. Like, like I was coming home. It was so sick because uh, I before that I'd only ever been to, to Tijuana. So going to DF, it was a whole other feeling, you know, uh, which was amazing. But then I was like, yo, where can I get luchador masks? Like, you know, <laughs> right off the bat, like, yo, where can you? I'm like, oh, let me get the La Parca one. And, you know, just like, yeah, like I grabbed, I don't know, I came home with like 12 masks or something like that. And then we made um, my own mask. And so, yeah, this was um, 2012, I think. Um, and so then that was crazy too, bro. So like, like just doing that. And then when the Wagner mask happened, I was like, dude, what? Like, this is crazy. And like how, and. Like you were saying too, then it, then I worked with um, Guerrero Maya Jr. and then uh, Hoovy. And, um, you know, like dudes just started hitting me up like, hey, you know, we, we saw the design. How can we get a design? And it was like, oh, uh, you know, like trying to figure out how you, you um, you know, when you become like the, the dude that designs masks, like it was like, I, there's no like playbook for that. You know, <laughs> like how do you do that? And so you're just trying to come up with, with cool shit and then how to, to make it work, you know, and like, yo, how can I... Uh, you know, come up with a new design for this homie that, that represents his, you know, where he's coming from and his heritage of his style, but then make it like super, um, you know, to the next level with it. Um, and so that was always, you know, it's like a, a dope challenge for me. It's super fun uh, to work on. And, you know, you're like working with superheroes right there, you know, like it's crazy, you know, like all their persona. And, and for Luchador, the mask is really like the most important piece, you know, like, and that's even for them, like, probably the thing that they make the most money on on top of it because if you know if, when they sell the mask you know that is you know what people are after you know like that's you know like a piece of them and um so that's always a trip like to to mess with that like i you know like even with wagner how he does a different map every match you know so then it's even more collectible you know um with that and um well now he doesn't have a mask right so but that's that's trippy um, <laughs> um and yeah getting to work with uh with let's say dorado when he went into WWE was off the hook bro like and that's and he was already the homie like when he was you know doing everything on the indie scene and um you know we have been chopping it up you know since the you know the wagner piece went down with you like uh, like i started rapping with a bunch of other luchadors like from then from just chopping it up with mass republic and uh you know seeing my work through there they're like yo what's up urban aztec you know let's let's get something popping off you know and you'll know, start rapping with a lot of different homies and um but yeah so i mean uh 
Lindsay's been the homie for a while, you know, and um, when he was going into the CWC, he's like, bro, hey, maybe now's the time we can get this uh, this new design popping off. And I was like, dude, yeah, let's get it. It's going to be sick. And um, So that was rad. So the first few years of his career, he was rocking the um, all the gear that I designed for him, you know, like from the, the mask, the tights, everything. Um, and then um, and now he's a Lucha House Party popping off with Kalisto. And, uh, and I'm, I'm still bummed because, I mean, you know, uh, when it comes to collecting action figures, I only collect these days. I only collect the the figures, WWE figures of the guys that I actually am friends with or I've worked right. with and part of our project. You know, so of course I grabbed the first Lince Dorado figure, but I got I gotta say I'm a little bummed that they haven't put out any merch with the Urban Aztec mask. You know, and What's I can see that, um, bro. What's I don't know. I, I can see them not wanting, you know, not wanting to get involved with, uh, you know, well, then we got to, we got to, you know, license this or pay this guy. But, uh, you know, I think maybe if they just ask, you could come to, yeah. come to terms on some. But and, uh, honestly, there's been conversations in, in San Diego with a couple of people. I'm like, hey, dude, you know, let's, let's get it popping off. Um, I talked with Bill um, and my boy Vonner over there. And uh, they, they do a lot of the, um, the WWE stuff. And I was like, dog, you need to get the variant with, with the, the, the mask I designed. What's up with that? You know, and, um, you know, so I don't know if it's, you know, hard to pull off or what, but, um, you know, maybe someday we'll keep pushing for it. <laughs> well, I mean, regardless, I'll tell, I'll just throw it out there now. I don't, I think I've mentioned this to you before. I don't know, but, you know, with, with Boss Fight, we're going to be dropping these uh, this mini mascaras collection, which I'm super yeah. excited about because uh, I I I say this before, I've said this before, like with Eric, when he pitched me on this idea, I was like, not only do I not understand how this hasn't been done before, I don't understand how I didn't come up with this idea. But we're right. going to be doing these blind boxes of two inch masks of the luchadors that come on this three inch bust. Um, they're going to be really really cool. Uh, and so, you know, once we get out these initial waves of them, we're going to have to come back with some artist design series. Uh, and I told, I already yes. told them, I said, I put, I put in my word. I'm like, listen, we're going to have to come back and do some urban Aztec remixes of some of these masks. Uh, you know, it's going to be dope. So, um, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll get to that when, when we can get to that, um, real quick before, before we get out of here, um, I just want to kind of touch base, uh, you know, going back again on some of the, Oh, I was going to say before was now, not only with these, um, these luchador remixes, are you getting the love from the luchador? We got people tattooing these masks on their bodies. Now I've seen a ton yeah. of the, uh, Dr. <laughs> Wagner remix tattoo. Uh, we've seen the Hoovy one, uh, you know, on, yeah. on some people and there's some, uh, some really dope stuff. And I know that like, there's kind of the and you've I mean you've got experience doing tattoos as well, um, which yeah. we didn't even have a chance to get into. But I know that there's kind of this uh, I don't know if it's a code or whatever, but like uh, a lot of times the attitude is like, well, listen, if you're gonna go get this piece of art done, you should go to the guy who created it to do the ink. And I don't even know if a lot of people know that you're you know that you do tattoo work, or obviously you know somebody in Mexico might not necessarily be able to fly here to uh you know uh the bay area to get you to ink them but what yeah. what is that like for you when you when you see you know fans all over the world 
putting these, and I guess not even just the the wrestling pieces, but any of your pieces, you know, on yeah. their body. No, I mean, I think that's still like the ultimate compliment, you know, that somebody wants to rock that forever. Um, and I mean, honestly, I think that's kind of my approach with all of my designs is to make it something that I would tattoo. You know, like if it's something that I think is dope enough, I would get it. It's ready to go out into the world now. You know, like, so then if other people would do it, like, hell yeah, like, I feel you, bro. No, it's ready for you. You know, so, but like the fact that they want to do it is off the hook. It's so cool. Um, and yeah, I'm like, and when you see one that pops up in Mexico somewhere that you don't know anything about, and all of a sudden, oh yeah, this dude is running, he's walking around with that in Mexico now. I'm like, oh shit, that looks dope too. Um, and, and I think that's the only part that sucks is if they get it done by someone who's not that good. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, bro, why'd you get my art done by that guy? Or whatever, you know, it, it could have been so much sicker, but, you know, like if they get it done like super pro, then it's always like it blows you away, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't get the, the, you know, jailhouse, you know, scratcher looking one. Um, but, you know, it is what it is, you know, we can afford, we can afford sometimes. Um, <laughs> for sure, for sure. Um, and then I was going to say too, it's been a trip how then from, uh, the Lucha Libre, then now I've been doing a ton of stuff with um, WWE with foot action. Oh, that's right. Um, Do we have even had a chance to talk? Let's go. Let's jump into that right now. Not again. No. Talk about that. And um, and that was just crazy, too. So, like, and that all came about because me and um, uh, John at foot action, like, uh, we had done a toy with uh, with Kid Robot, right? And so I came out to a signing in, in New York, and you know, we met there and chopped it up for a while. And um, then, you know, we have been talking about what can we work on and, and things like that. And then we realized that we both were friends with a lot of wrestlers and were into wrestling. And um, it was just kind of like, he's like, oh, wait, you know, listen, yeah, 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 you know, Kofi, like, wait, what? Okay. And, um, you know, it was just like a trip to see how it went. And then we started talking about like, hey, you know, let's do some um, like official WWE designs and with foot action, all limited edition. <laughs> and it went from like, you know, and he's like, dude, it's it's a hard sell around here sometimes too. You know, like to to rep wrestling culture here, and um, but you know, the, what we did was like it was crazy because it started like we're like, well, let's do it for Royal Rumble. We'll do we'll do eight designs, and you know, we'll we'll just like kind of do it like the intros. You know, each we'll slowly announce each graphic, and you know, that's, we didn't know if it would work, but like you know, as we started doing it, people were like, oh, this is sick. Like, wait, who's next? You know, like what's you know like. The old school rumble, like every 30 seconds, a new wrestler's yeah. coming. You know the timing. How's it going to work? You know, and that was always my favorite pay-per-view, too. You know, because it was like, you know, you would get hyped up with all the people watching. Like, oh, who's going to be? Oh, shit, that's who. Oh, what? Like, it's freaking macho, man. Oh, shit, it's going down. You know, whatever. But um, so then, yeah, so we did that, um, the, the initial eight designs. And... It just, you know, it, it did really well, and, and all the, the talent was super into it, too. And then they started popping up on the show. Like, you'd be like, oh, wait, they're rocking that Eddie Guerrero right now on, on Raw. Um, you know, Mr. Rey Mysterio was super supportive with everything. You know, he, like, he was going to do a, um, you know, we knew he was going to post something, and he did, like, a whole promo. We're like, oh, damn, it's going down. Like, we've got full videos now. Like, it's crazy. And so it just, it, everything just kept building. It was super fun. And, um, you know, then more wrestlers wanted to be associated, too. So we did more designs. Um, and that's kind of where it shifted from doing mostly legendary people to current talent. And so that's why I kept rolling with the current talent. And so now we're up to, like, 24 designs or something like that's that. A lot. I, I've, got, 
I've got a number of them myself. Um, you know, again, people, you know, luchadors or people that, you know, we, we, we've been supportive of, or we've worked with. Uh, I think it's really cool too, because I mean, is it not, number one, those shirts and those shirts being in foot action, it's really important right now that people still understand that there is a hip aspect to pro wrestling. Cause let's face yeah. it. A lot of times people miss that or people think that that's, you know, dead from 20 years ago. And so I think to, to be able to merge wrestling culture with, you know, sneakerhead culture or just, you know, your, your, your foot action, uh, you know, pop culture uh, is really important right now. And yeah. I think too, you know, not to, not I think to we're talk. in like an act, another golden era of wrestling right now, actually. Like it's, it's a it's, really interesting time. It's yeah, definitely like, an interesting time. It's it's not quite attitude era yet, but we're getting close. Like there's a lot happening. Um well and like I remember like when uh when Lucha when Lucha Underground started hitting too, and it was like, yo, what? Like, and that's when you started getting more hype with that. And you know, all the wrestlers that started coming through there, you're not now seeing in other promotions too, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, get like it's it's just kind of crazy. Um, because I was super hyped even when that was you know starting to happen. Like, oh, sick! Now you get a lot more of the the lucha and, and the Mexican culture along with it. You know, like so that was always getting me hyped. Um, but yeah, now you got AEW popping up, and um, you know, you see people coming from all over the place and dudes that that we've known for a while that are all finally uh, getting shots and stuff also on that level. Um, yeah. Which yep. is super rad to see. And I think uh, just going back on the foot action stuff, you know, WWE again, not to not to talk down on any designers there, but WWE shop when you go to like their website, those designs are very lackluster, and I, there there's just been a real I don't between kind of feeling like a lot of it's cookie cutter and a lot of it like. You don't get dope designs rarely, maybe a few times a year. You get a yeah. shirt that, you know, the drops on WWE shop that is like, oh, this feels modern. This feels cool. This feels like something that you could, you know, wear and it doesn't scream. I'm a wrestling fan, which a lot of times, I mean, at least when you look at all the stuff that we've done for Master Public and the shirts that we that we put out, um, you know, a lot of stuff that we've collabed on, you know. Like for us, the mask is obviously always going to be a centerpiece. And if you have a yeah. lucha mask, you know it, it. It says, "I'm a I'm a lucha libre fan," or "I'm a I'm a you know Chicano culture fan," and that's cool. But besides that, when we're doing. I mean, like I said, the Pentagon Zero Miedo skeleton hands that you did for us, which is again is one of our best sellers. Like, it, you, if you know, you know, and that's like that's like kind of how we always try to design our shirt. Something cool to yeah. wear, and if you know, you know, and you're in that kind of that that kind of click. And I think that you know, a lot of times you just get these, you know, generic designs or these designs that just aren't, you know, it, it once you're out of middle school, you're not going to want to be wearing or something. And then that's why I think that these these the foot action designs that you that you're doing are so are so cool because they don't feel like your rat your regular wrestling shirt um and even even with the you know what i've come to know and love of the urban aztec style you know those shirts aren't 100 percent your your signature style because they don't necessarily work in the uh you know the 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 uh, native american and the chicano uh symbolism but it still has that uh graffiti 
uh, hip hop flair to it. Uh, yes. And and so it, you know, I see them and I immediately immediately recognize them as urban Aztec. Um, and I'd say it's a great blend of what's cool and what can translate to the the mainstream. Um, but and giving these wrestlers actual cool merchandise, which is really hard to find sometimes these days. So uh, big fan of the collaborations and and yeah. So if you're listening and you haven't seen this stuff yet, you got to stay on top of it because when these designs drop at Foot Action, it's only limited. Sometimes it's a hundred pieces. Sometimes it's you know a couple hundred pieces, but you know they'll sell out pretty quickly. Uh, so you know keep keep an eye for them because. Uh, you know, I've I've missed out on a couple myself over the time, and uh, you know, we, you don't want to miss this stuff. And um, and it's been a trip too. So like, and WWE shot shop, they I mean they saw what we were doing also, and so now, um, I don't know if you've seen it yet, but some of the the newer ones that come out on Foot Action will later release on WWE Shop for a temp, for a short time also. Nice, uh, which has been kind of cool to you know, like led to other things in in. You know, when they saw what we were doing, also they they um, hired me to do uh, an Eddie Guerrero poster for one of their boxes that they put out, which was super dope. To, to yeah, get which I still got heat with you over because you didn't tell me it was coming out and I didn't get to order it. So we'll talk about, we'll talk <laughs> Bro, about that I later. No, dog. Like they were like, uh, oh, yeah, it's going to I'm like, hey, when's this coming out? They're like, oh, yeah, it's going to come out tomorrow. But, you know, they gave <laughs> me some like Eastern time. And but they didn't announce it either. They just kind of dropped it. And by the time I was going to share it, it was sold out. And I'm like, oh, well, should I even post it? Like, what's the point now? Um, it's already gone. Um, but yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah, here's, here's the poster. They sold out earlier. Um, you know, <laughs> it was part of this whole thing. But um, yeah, I mean, like I said, dude, I got you. Don't even worry about that. You know, as soon as, <laughs> well, as soon as I get copies of it, man, I got one for you. No worries. What, um, what, what has the approval process been like on that stuff i mean is okay, it yeah. going to wwe to get approved and and i think i feel like you told me that there was at least one or two shirts you pitched that the didn't get cleared for for two, release yeah. two, so two of them have been shut down yes uh, so, and, and, and we shut shut down because the talent didn't want to be part of the line or shut down because wwe and you just couldn't come to terms on the design one, because the talent didn't approve. Um, the other one, I'm not 100% sure exactly what happened. Um, but so um, I was doing a shirt for The Rock, and he didn't approve it. So thanks, bro. Like, you're like my favorite wrestler, and you didn't even approve the shirt. Thanks, bro. Um, I don't know. So hopefully we'll get that cracking, bro. You, you're from the Bay. I'm from the Bay. Much respect. I'm just getting cracking. Um, but anyways, like, I've been a fan of that dude since forever, so I'm still sad that that didn't happen. But it will happen eventually. I have faith in that. Um but yeah, so through the, um, but yeah, so he was, at, so yeah, fun fact, he was one of the original eight. And then when his didn't happen, that's when I did Macho Man. Uh, oh, so nice. Macho Man, Macho Man was great. a later one. And he, I think Macho Man was one of my favorite ones also of that first eight. Um, and so like with, with that whole style too, like, I mean, obviously it wasn't going to be like exactly the style you know me for in, in murals and everything else because you had to hit the likeness of the artist and so yeah. I'm like, all right so i kind of like developed that style on the fly like how can i come over i'm like all right well um you know i was like i thought it'd be dope if you like kind of desaturated the wrestler but then hype their like their colors the stuff they're known for because it's like so iconic normally with everyone their persona has so much flavor you don't like 
like toning it down, but then also kind of like re-emphasize that. Um, and then um, getting more of the, uh, the graffiti vibe with, you know, uh, I got to do dope, you know, like hand styles for, for pretty much everyone. Uh, but sometimes they would say, hey, this isn't legible. You know, like, can we make this more legible? Um, so I'd have to adjust the letters and things like that. Um, and then, um, yeah, like, so each, I think each time the, like, the slogans have to get approved, the catchphrases, you know, like, to make sure it's on brand for the wrestlers. And then um, also, their, you know, their likeness. Um, and then, um, so, you know, they want, most of the time they'll want, like, whatever you put for their, like, catchphrase or something. Sometimes there's no specific one. You're trying to kind of, like, what is the essence of this person and um, or, or their persona? And um, sometimes it's not fully clear or they're not using that particular one anymore. Um, and so that's always a trip. And then, yeah, like the, I think I was saying like the likeness also. So that's why you kind of had to be, you know, semi-photorealistic um, with who they are. And um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of always a trip getting those approved. And then, you know, sometimes we'll, we'll kind of roll with an idea and then um, for whatever reason, the hey, we, we can't really do this with that character. And so we'll kind of have to switch gears and try a different style um, or, or idea with it. Um, and what else happened with that? But yeah, so, I mean, there was each time they, they all have to go through kind of a, a rigorous approval um, each time. So, and there's normally something. And so like even uh, say in the case of uh, Ric Flair, um, mm -hmm. You know, I had like in the initial sketch, I had a you know bunch of his other sayings. You know, like you know, to be the man, you gotta beat the man. Woo! You know everything, and uh, you know, and the, but I think there was some heat with him and the man, right? With Becky Lynch, you know, like there's some other stuff happening there. So mm -hmm. I think that was ultimately why we ended up just making it just said woo, you know, like across and you you know exactly who it is, you know, it right? Even have to say <laughs> you know, like everybody yeah. said woo, you know, and um. Yeah, so then like in, in so each one is kind of like, you know, does it still fit them and where are they currently in the, you know, in the universe? How do you use them, you know, their um their their phrases or whatever. Um yeah, so that that was all a trip in the approval process there. Well, shout out to uh you know, Hotch and Sock uh over at the at, at the foot action collab. Uh, yeah. Big hot, and, what's uh, up, bro? Uh, yeah, I mean, I yeah, I think it's 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 really really cool that you that you've been able to do that. Um, you know, so check out. Are, we are um, we're gonna do uh, a collab of me and him also. Oh, nice. Like we're we're gonna do the uh, the Hawk and Aztec, you know, um, connection. Nice. <laughs> Is that, am I gonna get a shoe, am I gonna get a shoe out of that? Because I, I I take an Urban Aztec shoe. <laughs> We're trying, bro. I mean, I've been trying to get the shoot thing popping up. I, I hope we might be able to make it happen there. Um, All right. And I've been close a few times to getting a shoe. It just, for whatever reason, hasn't happened yet. Um, I want to say there's about three times it almost happened. Yeah. Well, uh, we're, we're running out of time here, but uh, uh, no if problem. all goes according to plan, you know, we'll have you back on again in, down the road because – We've been collaborating on some longer-term projects, uh, an animation project that, that we've got had in the works for years, uh, another uh, live-action and or animation project that, that by the time this actually drops um, on Monday, I will have signed a, a, an agreement with the Mexican Animation Studio to start developing that one. 
So we'll, uh, we'll we'll come back and we'll talk about some other things hopefully down the road when some of these some of these projects are more are more public. But uh, uh, before we let you out of here, um, how do people find, follow, learn more about uh, Urban Aztec? So you can find me online, um, urbanaztec.com. On all social media, it's uh, at urbanaztec. Um, also, jessehernandez.net and the super old school uh, immortalstudios.com. Um, but yeah, so I still try to keep all those websites active. You can come through and check it out. Um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm around. If you look for me, you'll find me. <laughs> and we'll, uh, we'll post the links, uh, you know, uh, in the in the information about the show so you can you can find them easily. Uh, dude, Jesse, it's been, I mean, you are you are one of our favorite collaborators, one of my favorite collaborators. It's been awesome to, uh, you know, work with you. And I know we've got a lot more work left to do. Um, it was really cool to get to talk to you today and uh, talk about some of the, the parts of the process and the journey that we don't. We don't normally get to talk about. So thank you once again for uh, for being my guest. And uh, yeah, check out all his social. Check out footaction.com. And uh, we'll, we'll keep you informed. Thanks for having me, brother. Hey, like same. I always look forward to, to rocking with you on, on whatever it happens to be. I always get to do some dope projects and, and hang out and do whatever, man. So big ups to my man, Kev. Always putting it down. And that wraps up another edition of Business of the Business. I thank you very much for joining me this week. If you liked this talk with Urban Aztec and liked hearing a little bit more about the kind of inner workings of the licensing game, especially when it comes to artists, I encourage you to check out the first two episodes of my series with uh, Jeff Everett, a.k.a. Rockets Are Red. We get into uh, his really unique kind of approach to the design game, uh, how he ended up where he is now doing amazing work for tons of bands and officially licensed posters for Gallery 1988 in Los Angeles, along with a, a number of other projects, including a lot of art for Mass Republic and our Expo Lucha uh, conventions as well. So check that out. If you're into the toy industry, you can check out great interviews that we've had lately with Eric Aranya of Boss Fight Studio and Jeremy Padauer of Jazzwares, who just released the new AEW figures. Uh, if you want to hear from pro wrestlers about how they handle licensing and merchandising. There's a great interview with Colt Cabana. Check out the entire archive right now. Just look up Business of the Business wherever you get your podcast from, wherever you got this podcast from. And we'll be back in two weeks with another amazing guest that will take you inside the world of licensing like you have not been before. Have a great week. If you're listening to this and you haven't visited LuchaCentral.com, it's time to do it. LuchaCentral.com is the online home for Lucha Libre, where you can get all of the top news in English and in Spanish. Find the best curated video content and original content not seen anywhere else. Find when Lucha Libre events would be happening in your area. Find photo galleries from top photographers covering Lucha Libre around the world from weekly polls to annual awards. Seen and read by top executives in all of the major Lucha Libre promotions across the globe. And on top of that, it's free. 
LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre.